Welcome to The Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me, as always, is... She's got a bony ass and fat thighs and bad skin. Eddie of Edward is Truth. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today we're talking about Wes Craven's infamously cursed film, Cursed, quite fittingly. (laughs) Released oh, uh, February 25th, 2005. Eddie, do you want to open us up with a uh, synopsis? Yeah! Here, let me open my phone. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, I haven't worked in quite a while. Ooh, I think I have some mm, vocal fry, though. That's good. After a run-in with his crush and a team of bullies in Hollywood... 16-year-old Jimmy Myers is picked up by his older sister, Ellie, who has just returned from visiting her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Jake. Driving home by way of Mulholland, Jimmy and Ellie collide with an animal and another vehicle when they attempt to rescue the other driver, An unseen creature slashes the siblings before it drags the driver off and rips her in half. Jimmy's research about wolves in California, coupled with the fact that both he and his sister have developed heightened senses, increased strength, exceptional agility, and more aggression in their daily and nightly practice has him starting to believe that the creature with whom they crossed paths was a werewolf. But Ellie won't believe him. That is, until she can no longer deny her fate and the steps that must be taken to undo what has them both Cursed. Thank you. Very good. Very good. <laughs> that actually sounded more interesting than what the actual movie <laughs> turned out to be. Well, I condensed it. Yeah. And uh, okay, so uh, this is the first time you've seen this movie. Yep. Uh, oh, that was an interesting inflection. <laughs> I okay, I saw this movie when it was first released because uh, obviously it was a it was a huge wow. deal at the time. Uh, this was the reteaming of Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and basically everyone else under that like dimension umbrella <laughs> that has worked yeah. on all of these movies together. So it was, it was like, we're coming back to do Scream, but as a werewolf movie. Um, so mm. it's just like, hell yeah. Like I, I'm excited for that. And you know, they made the movie, they made 90% of the movie and then the, those who shall not be named, but I'm sure they'll be named by accident at some point, uh, who run uh, Dimension, stepped in and were just like, you know what? We don't like this movie. We need you to go back and we need you to start again, uh, basically from scratch. They had Rick Baker doing the special effects. They completely 
scrapped him uh and i think he had retired at that point so they couldn't if even if it was a matter of getting him back they ended up getting greg nicotero uh from knb mm-hmm. so they had to mm-hmm. like redo the werewolf uh makeup or costume all over again did the reshoots uh so i think this was like two like over the course of the next two years and then after they had done that because they had to recast a bunch of like they rewrote the movie recasted several mm-hmm. of the rules skate ulrich was probably the most notable actor mm-hmm. who had been i guess he was just like i don't like the changes you've made I'm, I'm i can't come back and do this but there was other characters i think uh uh james brolin was mm-hmm. was one of uh, them? Josh Brolin. Josh was it, Brolin. Was it Josh or J- who's the who's the? It was, it's the Josh father. is the son. No, it's the father because he played. Oh, Skate oh really? I thought father. it was Josh. Okay. Yeah, no, it's James. Oh, all uh, right, never mind. I, and I think like I, I heard other like Mandy Moore. Uh, although that yeah. might have been the, the she was that might have been part the, of the reshoot. The Maya role. Yeah, she but was that, playing the Maya role according to Patrick Lucia. Yeah, that might have been part of the reshoots <laughs> though. Like it's so confusing. I don't even like this thing exists out there somewhere, but it's never going to see the light of day. As far as well, the thing is, the the unfinished footage does. Uh, Patrick Lucier did an interview with someone on the internet that I was watching prior to us meeting here, and he yeah. was uh, talking about. Uh, people said he. The rumor was that he had it in its entirety, mm-hmm. so you know it was up to him to like put it through. He says, "Well, that's not true," <laughs> and he also said that. But the footage does exist. I'm almost certain somewhere. The problem is. What kind of an undertaking would that be financially? It would cost because the movie was never finished, so there's no one to get behind it unless somebody just wants to dump loads and loads, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, and it's into, not worth it. It's nice. Um, who and uh, yeah. for a movie that we don't even know what it what it looks like. I mean, according to Judy Greer, it was fine, um, but still, like right, it's, it's right. also ninety percent of a movie. There is no ending to it, so you could even even if yeah. you took that ninety percent of a movie and then somehow took the new ending with like Joshua Jackson, it would have no there, like it, it wouldn't mm. fit with it. It would just be like, where's all this coming from? So they yeah they did yeah. the reshoots over the course of the next several years, and then they didn't like those reshoots. So then they went and did even more reshoots. Um, yeah, and then yeah. after all was said and done, and they had some sort of semblance of a movie that was made up of three different movies cut together, they went ahead and decided the uh, the heads at uh, Dimension Miramax. The Weinstein's. We can yeah. say the Weinstein's. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on the table now. You can that, say whatever you want. Uh, that they wanted this to be uh, marketable for a younger crowd, so they decided we're going to make it PG thirteen and cut out all of the gore and swear words and and whatever it was that that needed to be taken out in order to uh, be conducive to meet that uh, rating standard. And then what we got in the end was just a big pile of poop. Um, And uh, interestingly enough, I'm in Canada and the cut, and I didn't realize this until I just looked this up the other night. The cut that was released theatrically here was the R-rated or the the uncut version that didn't actually get released until it was on DVD uh, in the States. So I saw the original version um, where Shannon Elizabeth, who plays Becky, uh, yeah. is it Becky? The, the, the driver who, who they hit at the beginning, 
where she gets pulled out and then her half of her body, like the upper half, is thrown at, at uh, the siblings. And then <laughs> we see her Ricci, yeah. away. And I, I distinctly remembered that part of the movie. And then I think like years later when I found it on DVD or Blu-ray and I watched it again, like after not having seen it for so long, and I watched that scene where Shannon Elizabeth gets dragged out of the, the car and then it literally cuts to... Uh, EMS on the scene and there's like someone's lighting a flare and I'm just like wait a minute what what am I missing here because I just assumed yeah. that that was the theatrical version that I saw because I was like oh I want to we're going to get even more and I'm just like no I already got everything that I that was taken away from people in the US at the time and that was already underwhelming to me at the time so having seen the movie on Blu-ray or whatever it was years ago when I when I bought that, and then just being like, where did all of this? Where did it go? And and then just being like, this is an even worse movie than I remember. Oh. But that's my that's my initial uh, experience with the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my initial experience. I'm I'm still going through right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just okay. Uh, I didn't know any of the history. I went in kind of blind. I knew that it you know, just got its release on uh, Screen Factory and everything. People have been like, you know, posting about it on, on Instagram and everything, which is fun. And I was like, oh, cool. People are actually like getting into this. And I didn't, I, it didn't make me raise my expectations any, but I, I, I put it in mm-hmm. and I watched it. And the first sign of Portia de Rossi as some kind of, you know, fortune teller at a, what, a carnival, I guess. And one of her first lines is "Beware the moon," and I'm just like, "Oh no, no!" There's the, okay already. This is too homagey. It's too kitschy. It's this. I mean, this already isn't Scream. Scream didn't start out, <laughs> you know, all kitschy and fun. Uh, it actually, you know, packed quite a wallop, and then the fun happened in the re- self-referential stuff. Once the kids start to kind of realize they're in a horror movie later, and um, mm-hmm. but oh, 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 one huge thing that I got from. After the fact from Patrick Lucia was apparently Wes Craven didn't even want to make this movie. He was all set with his crew to make another movie that the Weinsteins immediately like like just got in the middle of and just said, that's it, that this movie isn't happening. And that was going to be Wes's passion project. I don't remember the name Pulse. of it right now. Oh, Pulse, yes. I think it, and it, it eventually and, got made. I, I, th- I never saw it. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. But yeah. Uh, he, he had, you know, he had these big plans and he was going to make it. He was, it was a passion project. And then they said no. So they, and then they somehow cornered him legally and found a way to get him basically to be a director for hire for this script because they thought big money, Kevin Williams and Wes Craven, everything that you, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that they wrote. I know that that, that's how they got, uh, Aaron Kruger to write Scream 3. But that's um, how they get everybody to do well. The, 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 something the that uh, Patrick Lucier said on the on the because I watched the Scream Factory uh, interviews and all that's really new on there. Uh, there's two interviews. There's one by Patrick Lucier and Derek Mears, and they were good. I enjoyed watching them because it was basically them uh, trash talking the Weinstein's for the right. entirety of just basically being like, no one even remembers this movie. Like there's nothing special about the movie. The movie is remembered for how much they went in and fucked it. And Patrick Lucier said something very interesting. He said that, uh, the Weinsteins weren't, uh, here, I just find exactly. I don't know if I quoted it, uh, 
or just paraphrase, Weinsteins didn't pay you for what you did for them. They paid you for what they did to you. Mm. So people involved with, with uh, Dimension Miramax made a lot of money, but it was, it's almost like to shut you up, which mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense given uh, everything that we know. But it's just like in the, yeah. the abuse, uh, just even in terms of just like workplace environment of, of just going in there, like you're hiring someone for a specific job. The reason you mm-hmm. hired that person, the reason you hired Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson and Patrick Lussier, et cetera, is because you knew that those were the best people to do yeah. what you wanted to do to make the movie that you needed to see. So why go in and and stifle them with your demands and your like sudden changes and, and all this? Because here's the thing. This was never supposed to be Scream as a werewolf movie. Mm. Not that that's a bad idea. I think that that still would work really well as like a, like a murder mystery, but with werewolves. But the problem is that initially the, the script, as far as I know, was more of just like an homage to werewolf movies. So that's why they had a little bit of like Teen Wolf, American Werewolf, Howling, uh, Silver Bullet. But then it was when the Weinsteins came in. Even. What's that? Little Red Riding Hood, even just uh, the the cuckoo clock. Going. But then, but then that's <laughs> when the Weinstein stepped in. They're just like, no, we wanted Scream. So then they had to basically be like, okay, well, we got to go back and we got to do this all over again. But the problem is that it's just like you're they. This is, I'm assuming that would have been like 2002, 2003. Um, no, it was all when, it all started in 2003 yeah. that's when principal photography started which uh, uh i mean just a few years after scream 3 because this does i mean this does there is a lot of scream 3 i find in this but it's kind of like what you said about friday the 13th when we did that podcast a few weeks ago and all of the other slasher movies that were coming out at the time is that this wasn't copying the best parts of scream 3 it was copying the worst mm. parts of scream 3 like we're like here we are in hollywood <laughs> And it's just like, that's what we want. We want to see horror movies set in Hollywood because it's meta. Um, and just doing like all the fucking, like here we're at these like celebrity events and you've got mm. Scott Bayo <laughs> and fucking, who's the, who was the host? It was like Craig Ferguson or something. No, who, it was Craig Kilborn, the original Craig, host of The Daily Show. Craig Kilborn. Okay. Who was then replaced with <laughs> Craig Ferguson or, or John- something like that. No, no, no. Uh, he did The Daily Show uh, initially yeah. in the late 90s, and then Jon Stewart replaced him on The Daily Show and became a legend. Okay, well, whoever <laughs> okay, whoever this was in this movie, <laughs> he, he, that was board. his job when they filmed the movie. But then when, they, when it was finally released, he had already been replaced as the host. So just, just mm. to show like, the, the discrepancy in time from when they filmed it to when it was actually released. And, and of course, that's Ellie's job. She works on the, the Craig Hillborn show. So it's just like they were it's almost like the Weinsteins were obsessed with themselves. Like we want to see more people working. At, that's that's what horror needs to be. Just reflective of like us and and going about yeah. the uh, the uh, show business and, and shit like that. Um, well, but having said that, having said that, I, I just want to yeah. say the. Those parts were probably like the more interesting parts of the movie to me because every time that we were dealing with like the high school stuff with Jimmy and uh and that like I I just tuned out. I was like I have no interest in 
in this character or this this storyline well the problem was it was sustained for entirely too long i checked the mark when uh christina ricci grabs the silver frame to prove a point and it, we were 40 minutes into the movie and the cut i saw was an hour and 37 minutes long so we're already you know like like getting dangerously close to the halfway point here and the main one of the main characters I, okay because okay okay let's let's talk let's let, let, let get into it the movie itself because mm-hmm. we're talking about a lot of stuff surrounding the movie but okay so I thought, you know, knowing none of the context going in, I just kind of thought, oh, it's kind of shitty. And <laughs> she's kind of a shitty sister for like getting, uh, like up her brother's ass for about like not having any friends when he's obviously being bullied and he's obviously afraid of being just like this skinny white kid on Hollywood Boulevard in the middle of the night. Who wouldn't be? So, <laughs> um, and she just has absolutely, she's completely obsessed with the, with Joshua Jackson, which who can blame her, but also he's so incredibly checked out in that opening scene. So I don't really have a lot of respect for her. I'm like, okay, how soon before she wises up and sees he's just not that into her? And then she finally picks him up and then they do the thing. And then I see the scene. Okay. The first kind of like aha for me of the movie was. When Shannon Elizabeth, admittedly, this felt like it had the slimy hand of the Weinsteins all over it also. Mm-hmm. She's in a low-cut blouse upside down in a car. <laughs> and um, Jesse Eisenberg's trying to, like, free her out and everything like that. And she start, they start talking, like, because I think he gets her out and everything. And, she, and I don't remember what the exchange is, but she asks a question that... She's like, I hope you have insurance. And, yeah, or something like that. And, and, then, like, and well, then she says something like, did, like, well, we didn't did you see what it like, was? Did it look... Yeah. Did it, yeah, did it look like a wolf or something like that? She said, was and it a dog? The thing, yeah, was it a dog? Yeah. And then the thing, like, comes through the window and pulls her out. And I was just kind of like, whoa, okay, was not prepared for that. That was actually, like, an effective jump scare. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then the fact that, like, little Jesse Eisenberg grabs onto her and calls to his sister, little Richie, to grab on him and they all get dragged through the woods and i was i was like okay this is kind of exciting and then i was really really excited at the prospect of where the movie could go when i saw because i i saw that he got scratched or bit or whatever the fuck he was scratched on his chest yeah um i didn't see that christina ricci did until like he's like your hand or your arm whatever Mm -hmm. and they both kind of realized and i was like oh it's gonna be like a brother sister like werewolf duo that movie doesn't exist oh my gosh this might be really really exciting and interesting because they actually the werewolf is usually like going all through it alone and unless it's like american werewolf in london he has like his dead best friend haunting him telling him spoilers for american werewolf in london um, (laughs) no don't spoil it (laughs) anyway but anyway, unless, you know, you're you're more or less, like, alone and tortured and it's all about, like, do I kill myself to save people or do I just, like, go on as a coward, you yeah. know, living my life and... There's a lot of werewolves in this movie. Like, they, we don't... There are. Yeah, they... Uh, I mean, and then we don't even really get to see... <laughs> we have only one of them really transforms into a, a werewolf. Everyone else is just kind of, like, oh werewolf-ish. Um, but no, I, like, there were so many different directions this could have gone in, and it just, it went in, like, yeah. the direction of none, and, uh, and I think that's, that's the thing, because it just has, like, the mark of all these different prototypes of a movie, and then just ultimately trying to be that scream murder mystery, and, mm-hmm. and just failing at it really badly. I mean, I will say for what it's worth, Judy Greer is my favorite part oh. of this movie. Judy Greer is like the saving yes. grace of this movie. But even then, it's like there's barely a, a scene in it. 
Um, but I mean, if I had to watch Judy Greer as Joni, like come out in, in, in like that purple dress and just like all theatrical with the sword, just swinging around and pulling out her hair and like grabbing, I know this is, this was in the, uh, the uncut version. It's not in the, the PG where she goes to, uh, what's his name's corpse from, uh, uh, he was an urban legend. Not oh, uh, the, um, you're the, talking, uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum. She just like goes into his like stomach, pulls out all this blood, and just like <laughs> drinks it, <laughs> and then starts to just like transform. The transformation was sh- was shitty. Like that looked like everything... like that CGI bit. But I mean, everything with her, yeah. I was just like, I love it. Like I'd rather watch her play Joni than mm. her play whatever the fuck her name is. Uh, Karen. Oh, in Hall- the Halloween movie. But you know how okay. I feel about uh, Karen. Um, I, 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 we all do at this point, I, I think. Know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching Zach Cherry's channel, then you know. But um, <laughs> no, I, th- I, I I agree. Like what I, I wrote in all caps in my notes here, Judy Greer! Yeah. Um, when, she, <laughs> when she finally, we're jumping ahead, but when she finally reveals herself to kind of be like, you know, this... Still kind of quasi red herring, like werewolf who was behind it all or whatever. And I, but I mean, the thing was, even then it kind of started winning me back a little bit because even though I was so incredibly disenchanted with how they handled Christina Ricci's character for most of this movie, she was barely a character for me. I still like Christina Ricci a lot though. And I, and mm-hmm. the fact that she like, like, got under the gate before it closed. She pulled an Indiana Jones, you know, like to go help her brother. I thought that was really cool. But this is the thing that pissed me off about another thing that pissed me off just about within the structure of that movie. They're supposed to be like turning into wolves and they're developing these heightened senses and they're just, you know, and they're supposed to be like really, really keen and really, really sharp and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Like dogs, like really attentive and everything. All of a sudden they lose all their spidey senses. Once they go into that fucking haunted club looking for whoever before they see Michael Rosenbaum and we think he's the head wolf or whatever. And it's like, they can't tell that something's happening above them. They can't hear like great distances. They can't smell blood anymore. It's just, it it really, all all the, all the logic they set up completely gets thrown out the window. It took a lot of like the, the mythology and just like made its own rules because it's like we're dealing with like a a full moon cycle here and it's like we have a werewolf who just changes at whim um so there's nothing of actually just just anyone being like oh i I can't control it so yeah we're, we're making up our own rules we're not really sticking to one thing and it's just like the movie almost forgets that it's a werewolf movie or that these two have been (laughs) infected werewolves uh yeah yeah. um they're just i I kept screaming you're werewolves too guys come on now's the time (laughs) yeah i i will say um this has a really solid cast for the most part um because i think like i like basically everyone in this movie um i love the uh (laughs) The I guess it's not really a reunion because this would have come before, I believe, but just like all the arrested development alumni, because you do have Judy Greer, Portia de Rossi, and Scott Bayo. But I think Scott oh, Bayo didn't play a role on arrested development until years later. But I was still just like I watched it and just like someone on arrested development really liked this movie, or they were just like, <laughs> I want all these people in it. There might have even been another arrested development alumni. I I can't tell. But um but that was one thing I, I, well I picked enough. up. I really, I was upset. I know that you said your thing about Portia de Rossi. 
But I liked that mm. character because, like, when we see her again later on and she's uh, at the studio because they're auditioning for yeah. a gypsy bit or whatever. And she's just like, right. don't be fooled. It's just like, you know, like what I have to do. But I actually, like, have – I can see. But they, like, completely waste this character because every time she so- shows up on screen, she she says something and then the characters are just like, you're you're crazy. Like, get out of here. So it's just like, what was the point of even having her? And I feel like that is a, an instance where she was part of the uh, initial filming. She might have come back for the reshoots. I can't really tell. But but it was just like, that was a character who was in it a lot more. And they're just like, just get her out of it. Cut all the parts. We don't need any of that. Well, also, I mean, I felt, this is the thing. I felt about the, the whole cast roster. Yes, it was <laughs> impressive. But it was also distracting as hell. Because I was just like, okay, we can't find any unknowns to play any of these characters. <laughs> like, there were too many, there were too many names for me to really kind of, like, find this movie palatable. I think it, that felt more like the Weinsteins, again, just trying to, like, fill it full of, like, the people who the kids are going to want to come see. As opposed to... And also, I did feel like maybe the actors themselves uh were drawn to it. Because of the reasons the audience, audience members like you were initially drawn to the, to the idea. It's just like, oh my God, a movie directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. I'd be yeah. a fool not to be in that movie. And then once they got on set, they realized, oh, you've been doing this for 19 fucking months. And, <laughs> and this is the third script, yeah. you know, that, 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 that has that come across. One thing I noticed, cause I, you know, I, I, I watched all the way through to the, uh, the end after the credits, not cause I was expecting a, uh, like an, uh, what do you call it? I call it an uh, end bu- credit scene, but you call it a button. I yeah. say button. Yeah. Um, end credit scene. What the fuck? <laughs> but I was expecting the like the lineup, like the the pictures at the or not the pictures, but like where, where you show every cast member with their mm. their name because that was something that screamed it. And the whole purpose that Wes Craven started doing that is because it was like, well, that's what you, when you know when you go to a play and at the end like the curtain call where everyone comes out. So we wanted to do it for the movies. So that's why we yeah. see it in all of the screams. We see it in the faculty. We I mean even I think um Quentin Tarantino was doing it at like the end of Kill Bill, where you have like every <laughs> single cast member just like run through it. And I was just like, did they just literally like stop giving all fucks with this movie that they when it came time to like do the end credits they're just like what are we gonna do that who gives a fuck let's just go home i've been here for two and a half years i just want to collect my paycheck and move on to the next thing and lucier said it was a movie nobody wanted to make yeah there you go which is which is unfortunate i mean i'm sure at some point like there was obviously uh the beginnings of an idea that that Someone wants it. I mean, like Kevin Williamson obviously mm. wrote this script and he probably, uh, you know, wrote something that was much better than than what we got. But uh, I, I yeah. would really love to read that screenplay. If they, if I was, was, that's what they should do is publish yeah. the original Kevin Williamson screenplay. Is it not online? I don't know, but I didn't, I didn't look. I was money. like, I was <laughs> going to, I didn't, I didn't really have time. And then I just figured like, why do we need to dwell on it? It doesn't even exist. So. But something, something to look for, for sure. But this was kind of like, it was this experience on this movie that almost made Wes Craven not want to come back and do Scream 4. Because when they announced Scream 4, it was this real uh, push and pull of getting him to come back. And for a while, I think he might have been like the last name that was announced because they had already cast 
the movie. Like they they brought all the originals back. We knew that Kevin Williamson was involved, so they're just like, is Wes coming back? We don't know. And then yeah. finally at the end, he he decided to. But it was just like it was because of the abuse that he endured from this movie that he's just like, do I really? I mean, like I made the most money that I had made yeah. in my life probably I'm, I'm assuming for mm-hmm. him, but just like, do I really want to put up with that? You know, it's like, is it worth it? Uh, they and spent more money than they did yeah. on scream two. It cost more to make this movie than scream one. Or would, scream and two. nobody remembers this movie. And, <laughs> and the thing, and the thing is like the sad irony is that they had like, it was just as bad on scream four. I mean, it wasn't just as, as bad as like having to do reshoots and work on the movie for two and a half years, but just the, the, tension and like the behind the scenes uh drama was mm. was the same like because even like yeah. kevin williamson had walked off of that movie um so it's just it i think that was kind of like that's probably why we didn't get another scream movie after scream 4 right away that's what my guess would be it had nothing to do with the weinsteins being like oh well this movie didn't make i mean like obviously box office does have a lot to do with it but i mean i can't see any reality where you know scream for underperformed and they'd be like we we're bankrupt we can't make another scream movie it was it probably came down to first and foremost Wes craven kevin williamson and all of the cast were just like yeah i don't want to i don't want to deal with that anymore um i i mean well, well i mean we're talking about two different things too like you know the scream franchise and the direction it was going like that's that's a very that that can that can that can be very connected to everything you know mm-hmm. because it is Wes Craven's life and it is the direction it is his career path and it is you know if, if you're not working inspired uh I, I know Wes Craven has made a number of movies where either he walked in uninspired or he walked in inspired and slowly just got you know chipped away at and chipped away at and he always recognized it was a business so he would always meet do his best to try and meet people halfway um and and provide a product that would satisfy everybody but mm-hmm. you know you, you, there's only so much you can do about that and with it so i mean outside of this film i, do, I don't i can't really speak to the impact I'd, I'd love to find like some west craven diaries published somewhere someday you know and just kind of like you know dear diary oh my god that's my i don't know why that's my west craven voice but wow. now it is <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Cursed is aptly named, and I'm the first person to notice it. Because that's another thing is like that. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to address because you even pointed it out like right at the top of this um, about how aptly named it was for the like the production, you know, (laughs) um, uh, and everything. And that that seems to be kind of like the line that a lot of people uh, toe when they're when they're discussing it. But what I what really pissed me off about the title is the fact that um, spoilers for the ending, folks. It's ironic because they beat the curse. They're not cursed. They're fine. So it's like, well, the, what the fuck? Like, I mean, there were no, they, uh, he goes off with his new shitty girlfriend who never defended him, who always just kind of like stood by her bullying boyfriend who was being all homophobic and shit. She's just like, right on, t- just ignore him. And then she walks away fucking arm in arm with him. I fucking hated her. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't and, care and then for the her gay either. guy. And then the gay guy, Bo, just kind of like follows along and it's, it's, um, what's his they're name? They're like, are I you coming? Vanilla. Huh? They're, they're like, are you yeah, coming? they're like, are you he's, coming? He's just, just like, like uh, what are I mean, okay, yeah. well, there's a lot of fucking shitty people in that scene. Actually, I think uh, I like Bo more than any of those yeah. other people. Um, because I mean, like, obviously he was dealing with something, he was struggling 
And, yep. you know, he was projecting himself that way. But Jimmy... Fuck. Okay. <laughs> this is... Okay, already I don't... I mean... It's Jesse Eisenberg, so I mean, like, <laughs> we're stepping outside oh. of Cursed. I don't, okay. uh, just full disclosure. The, the 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 less said, the better. Um, I I just think he's a jackass. But um, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh oh, you don't agree? No, I love him. Oh, do you? <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's a sweetie. I thought it was adorable in this movie. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I, no, I I <laughs> fuck, I couldn't stand him, and I think he got like. It, it, it was fine at the beginning because he was like, like his like typical like Jesse Eisenberg thing, like maybe like early two thousands Jesse Eisenberg. But then he fucking like he gets bitten or scratched by the wolf, and yeah. he basically turns into Tom Cruise. Like he even like styles his hair in like a very similar like Tom Cruise straightens his hair out, fucking yeah. like uh, mid two thousands Tom Cruise, and he's emo Tom Cruise. He goes to school and like of course he's showing off. And his whole thing, like, his defense of, like, being bullied or just, you know, called gay, and they're very liberal with the use of of the F word in this movie, too. Yes, uh, they are. Which is, like, I just, interesting with, like, Kevin Williamson writing the script. Um, But, I mean, it was a different time as well. But I, the Mm. thing that, like, with Jimmy is that, like, he is, like fighting fire with fire and he's basically being like oh well maybe you're the reason why you're saying all this is because it's like internalized homophobia so in a way he's being like homophobic back towards the the guy who actually is gay and it's just like it doesn't it just feels weird like he has that line where he's like when they're doing the the wrestling and he's got him like up in the air and he's just like oh yeah something about like how the real test to know if you're a fairy is that they fly they fly and i just like Wow. Um, So, yeah, I didn't like him and I didn't like um, any of that shit. I hated the the part at the end. I didn't like the girlfriend either. Um, But I think that's another instance. I mean, she already did suck. But, I mean, that was another instance where probably a lot of her scenes were cut. Um, Uh But at the end, it's just like you've known this person for, like, one day. I mean, like, literally she she had been in school with him for how – many years like we we don't know and he's like yeah i sit behind you in in this class in this class in this class and then right off the bat she gets his name wrong when she's like this is billy and he's like uh, jimmy and <laughs> she for some reason we're just supposed to assume that Bo, after the events of, of everything that happened at uh tinsel is the, the name of the wax museum goes to right. her and he's just like so just so you know i'm gay so we're not dating anymore, but this Jimmy guy really likes you. So I think that you should go ask him out and I'm going to walk you over to their house right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing that pisses me off the most in that scene is that like, after she comes over there with Bo and they're like, yeah, we're just going to go. I don't know where they were going. Uh, I think Patrick Lucier said they were going for pizza or something when I heard the interview, but they just take off. And Ellie's like, Hey, I'm just gonna, and not even like I like ironically. Either. She's just no, like, it's no. cool. I'm just gonna stay here and I guess clean up. And it's just like <laughs> you left your fucking, you just murdered someone in the middle of your kitchen, and you're now going to hang out with your fr- your new friends who weren't your friends yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. While your sister fucking cleans everything, like you suck. I mean, as much as you think yeah. that Ellie is a bad sister, like 
What is it, Jimmy? <laughs> no, I th- to, no, but yeah. I think she starts off as a bad sister. I think she really redeems herself by the end of it. Yeah. And I think Christina Ricci is like searching, hunting for scenes <laughs> to just kind of either be humorous or be strong or be smart or be trying, uh, like yeah. anything, anything other than just like the girl, you know, like, and that, cause that's, that's basically like what they've, they've kind of like whittled her down to the girl in denial mm-hmm. for no reason. Oh, cause like I was saying, it would have been so much more interesting, like, oh, brother, sister, going to be werewolves on a team. And then we spend like, God knows how long with him doing his little fucking research and doing his little exploits at high school, which were fine. But I mean, I kept waiting for the movie to start and then she's just in denial while she is. Okay. That's another thing. Her first day back to work, she's let her hair down. Ooh, every, every man is noticing her now that she is like, like maybe. Two percent less frumpy or whatever, because she wasn't frumpy to begin with. She was I don't just a know. She was she was very like classy. Like she, yeah, yeah she, she looked she, great. She was in her her pantsuit, uh, strutting down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> it's just like she looked like a, a woman yeah. in charge for this like tiny little it. like diminutive woman that yes. she is. It's just like she she looked like she was ready to like you know. Yeah, she deserved a better character than this. Yeah. She deserved a better character. And then, but then, as she's walt- waltzing through and all the necks are craning toward her and everything like that, and Michael Rosenbaum expresses interest for maybe the first time. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the fact that in the midst of all that, she's smelling blood. She's smelling like the girl's like nosebleed from the bathroom, I think, is where it was <laughs> happening. the break room. <laughs> yeah, oh, the break room. Okay, cool, wherever she was. So she smells – oh, because the bathroom scene happens later, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she <laughs> – but she's waltzing around, and then she's – she's got these wolf qualities that make her, you know, like <sniffs> – you know, like herky jerky, like sniffing and everything like that. Yet when she's walking, she's all slinky and you know <laughs> sexy. So again, the movie can't really decide, and nobody's telling Christina Ricci do that, don't do that. Because um, I'm just kind of like, okay, wait. So is she? Because dogs don't walk like that. <laughs> so she's either like moving into her power and into kind of like, you know, and moving into her sexuality and her, I guess, loss of inhibitions, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And that's where the slinky walk is coming from. But but if she's canine, because wolves don't even like, you know, I mean, sw- hips swiveling. Anyway, it was just like something I noticed and I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I think that it was probably like, yes, it's just like Wes didn't know what, I mean, like if, if what you said was true of of that, he was roped into this contract, he's probably just like, I, I don't know what they want. So just, I think, you know, obviously they're, they're (laughs) gross old men. So they'll probably like this. So just do that, you know? Um, (laughs) They'll look at the dailies and go, we'll leave you alone for a whole week. And he's like, oh, thank God they're yeah. off my case for a week. Right. But um, also, because isn't it she the one? Or I can't remember if it's her or if it's Jesse. But yeah. one of them does a thing. I think it's her when she catches a fly yeah. in midair. And I'm like, do dogs do that? Do canines? <laughs> Is that like a, a wolf trait? Yeah. I didn't understand where that was coming from. And then, the, oh, this was the discussion also. Like, this was, like, the first inkling that, like, okay, things are off the rails here. It's when they're speculating about being a werewolf. Like, I think it's the morning after and they're eating breakfast together. And, well, they're not eating uh, breakfast. Just, they're basically eating, like, raw meat. 
Are they eating raw meat? It I looked, I don't, well, because he was like going to eat raw meat later on. Like he had that steak up. Later, I think they yeah. Were, they were eating like some sort of, it might not, it might have been like cured meat. I don't know. But like he was adding okay. all the salt to it. And she, he, she wasn't, she took one piece, but he was, uh, okay. he just kept like, yeah, like doing his gross little Jesse Eisenberg thing. Like he's like a little rodent. <laughs> that's, that's what he is. <laughs> all right. Uh- <laughs> I'm not here to judge. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't share your feelings, sir, but they're yours. Um, no, I, just the fact that like when they're speculating about a werewolf, he's like, she says something like, what would a werewolf be doing in Hollywood? And he's just like, maybe it's a hip werewolf. You know, the maidens come here with perfectly implanted breasts. That is probably the stupidest line of dialogue I've heard in a very long while. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 it's not funny. It doesn't make sense. There's just, and it's not even so... Uh, like like uh, uh, such a non sequitur that you're just kind of like wait what <laughs> I'm having so much fun not <laughs> understanding you it's just I don't know and that but then later he says a line that actually felt more Kevin Williamson which I did not write down something about like uh, he thinks he's a werewolf so he better stay home from school and it's just like what you're gonna make me go to school like being a werewolf is probably like the best excuse I have not to go or something like that and I was like that's kind of cute but I mean like literally we're scraping the barrel at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also did the house. That they lived in remind you of the Nightmare on Elm Street house at all, like the to- Nancy Thompson's house. I was getting huge vibes, like just the mm. the where the staircase was, like leading in the entryway up, and then like when they went, even the the, the location of the basement door and the fact that it had a staircase that led down mm. and everything like that, and even the placement of the kitchen, everything. I was just like, okay, somebody. I don't know if this was a prank on Wes. Or if he just didn't care, because this does not feel... I don't think Wes would be this self-referential. You know, he already made New Nightmare. I don't think he would <laughs> want to plan... I didn't... I, I mean, my... if I noticed it, it was, it was subconsciously. Uh, but okay. But bringing it up now. And, um, but you're, you're right. It does, uh, it does feel a lot like, you know, it could be the same layout. It looks the same in terms of uh, color. Yeah, and, uh, and just co- yeah, color so, scheme yeah. hugely, totally. But also, yeah. um, not from the outside. The outside doesn't look like it at no. all. No, um, although I did get a distinct the moment you brought up about uh, Christina Ricci. Well, I'll just be back here cleaning. I got kind of like a Marge Thompson, you know. <laughs> feel like <a laughs> that's what should have happened. The, the, the werewolf can. arm should have like because they closed the door. Oh my god! The werewolf arm <laughs> should have been great. <laughs> Right, Although it should have been throw. Jimmy, it should have been Jimmy that, that, that they did that to. Well, right, Christina right. Ricci went off with her friends. But throw to get all logic out yeah. the window. Just make it make it as ridiculous as you want to. But I think I feel like there was too much. Because uh, yeah. also, I like the Maya scene where she's being chased by the werewolf. And did we ever find out? Was it Christina Ricci who was chasing? Maya in the elevator in the parking garage and all no. of that, or was it? Did we ever? We so there's a okay. So here's my here's my who killed who, uh, okay. for, <laughs> for uh, hers, which I might make into a video. So so you're getting it here for the first time. Um, yeah. The the attack at the beginning, uh, which which includes Shannon Elizabeth's kill, that was Jake, because we at the end of the movie he. Mm, mm, admits yeah. to her i mean it, it, that's the thing like nothing is ever spelled out for us but he says that like he saw something special in ellie that he wanted to turn her so she could become a werewolf with him so i don't think that i disagree with you when you s- said earlier that he wasn't interested in her it's just that he needed to find his own way to manipulate the situation in order to make her sorry what were you gonna say 
No, just let me clarify. That was just like first time watch. I don't know the context. I just see a guy okay. leaning away from a girl while she's leaning in, and it's like, honey, fair he's enough. not into you. That's yeah. that's all I was okay. responding to. Okay, I don't okay, really no, no, fair enough. Feel Thank that you. way with Thank respect. You. Thank yeah. you for clearing that up. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. But that was that was his thing. It's just like this is this is how I'm going to get you by turning you into a werewolf mm-hmm. and then and bringing you into my uh, what's the what is a werewolf's uh, uh, circle called uh, pack sure yeah that's it they get bring her into in his pack even though it's just the yeah. two of them because he he's even says that he's going to kill jimmy because there's only room for one alpha. one alpha um so that's you know he killed becky that was him which and this is the thing this is okay this makes no sense because we're we have a situation here where we have like the girl she he's interested in driving along the same stretch of road as the girl mm-hmm. who he went on a few dates with and decided that she wasn't for her. So how did he manage, not manage, but just like the the timing of that to happen perfectly, that he would jump on their car, even if that was Judy Greer, whoever, whichever werewolf it is, that they would do that. The two cars would smash together. It was just like this coming together of like, fate of these two of these two people who were already connected by this one person so i thought that was stupid um that was that was bad writing um (laughs) but that was to me that was all jake and then literally every other werewolf kill in the movie was judy greer because she said to uh like ellie when she came out and started fighting her just like you know i never saw you as a threat right um and that's why she never was going to like go after her. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that she did see Maya as a, th- who's, what was her name? Jenny. Sure. Maya's, I just, I just write shirt. down names for this. One. Um, <laughs> because with the party, like she was flirting with Joshua Jackson and he was kind of like, yeah, you know, he was, he was like, Oh yeah, into it. But clearly he didn't give a shit about Becky or the Shannon Elizabeth character because, you know, he wasn't calling her back or anything. So I think maybe he right. was just like, I'm hungry. I'll I'll have a snack, you know, while I'm here. And it just so happens that it's this this girl I'm never going to call back anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I think that it was Judy Greer who killed uh uh Maya in the parking garage and the um okay. elevator. And then like all the shit that happened at Tinsel cuz there's really not like a lot of werewolf attacks in this movie, but there's that um. and then so like all those people uh and then obviously the stuff at the end was all joshua jackson and that felt so like forced out of nowhere because it was just like that character didn't display like any like if anything i guess what the the ending was for the first reshoot is that he was actually the cursed one and he said like you have to put me out of my misery and it was more of a somber ending because christina ricci Mm -hmm. had to kill him and that's why they're yeah. like, no, we don't like it. it. It ends on too much of a a downer. So they're like, okay, well, he's going to actually be a villain and we're going to kill him. And then Jimmy's <laughs> new girlfriend is going to come with, with the, with the, the gay guy and they're going to go off oh to, to get pizza. It's like, you have you ever seen a fucking werewolf movie? It's not all like, you know, herpy derpy, happy dappy. Let's all go grab a pizza fucker. It's, it's trauma. It's, it's, it's. It is, it is a tragedy. It yeah. is, you know, it's, uh, that, that was one thing actually that I did. There were little moments, pockets here and there, where I kind of like felt like Wes winking at me with like a gleam in his eye, you know. But, um, and one of them was a, kind of an incidental scene. I don't even remember when exactly it happens in the movie. Um, but, uh, it's just, I, I, it, oh, I guess it happened 
right after the <laughs> right after the accident, maybe the night they got back. Yeah. And um the Marco Beltrami score has this, you know, sweeping but foreboding kind of romantic <laughs> melody, like, you know, as as Christina Ricci is moving through her house in I think it was a silk robe or satin robe, mm-hmm. and it's just billowing in the wind. <laughs> and with the sweeping score, I was just kinda like, they are laying the theatricality on thick, and I'm here for it. This is a werewolf movie. I need you know, grandeur. Yeah. I need. I need it to feel sequence. like an opera. Yeah. There's, okay. There's a I few mean, things to that point that I want to bring up. The first one, because you mentioned Marco Beltrami, and yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but I did immediately because probably I've been yeah. listening to the Scream score a lot lately. But Bo's okay. theme song is the oh, no. Dewey theme song from Scream no! Two. But not oh, like no. the one, not like the one that we hear from Broken Arrow, like that, like that. Bow, bow, yeah. bow, 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 bow. Uh-huh. It's that. It's the one that Marco Beltrami initially did his own cover of, because um, that's right. that's what happened. Like they they brought in the music to just use, I guess, for the the dailies or whatever, for just like what what they could put in place. Oh. Uh, not the dailies, but like whatever whatever that they showed uh, for placeholder. Yeah, yeah, and. The, the Weinsteins really love that, that melody. So they're, they said to Marco Beltrami, like, yeah, do that. And then he did his own version. They're like, no, we're just going to oh pay the God. money and get the real ones. But on, on the actual score for Scream yeah. 2, that music exists and they just recycled it here. And it's got, cause it's got that derpiness to it. Cause it's like, I, I can't even remember how it goes, but it's it like it's similar sounding, like it's got that kind of western yeah. motif to it, and that's basically yeah, yeah. every time Bo shows up on screen, like not Bo at the oh beginning, not like not like super right. aggressive homophobic Bo, but like Bo when he's like coming around and like admitting to Jimmy who he is. So it's just like here, it's like this very serious moment for this character. And they're like downplaying it into this, like very broad comedy sort of thing by like, let's give him like the goofy doofy, uh, Dewey theme song that we didn't use in screen too. Um, I mean, I love that it was in here, but I was just like, I'm like, come on, let's do, do better. Um, and then the other thing, cause you, you mentioned that the, the dream sequence with, uh, Christina Ricci, because this was one of the mm. things that uh, I, I did want to touch upon, like the differences between the two cuts, because uh, it's two yeah. minutes longer, uh, as far yeah. as I know, between the theatrical cut and the uncut version. And the the biggest difference is the Shannon Elizabeth uh, death scene, which I, I I believe I mentioned earlier, where yeah. it uh, you know you you get her torso th- uh, ripped in half, thrown at them, because uh, mm-hmm. that is cut out immediately after she gets dragged away. So it was just a, a weird yeah. transition. Um, then the the nightmare scene that you're talking about where Joshua Jackson shows up at the house and she mm. bites his neck. And in the in the uncut version, she bites it. And there's like all this like CGI blood that comes like geysering <laughs> out, which looks yes. bad. Like it's not a good effect. Um, no. But it's an effect and it's, memorable mm. but what they use mm. in the pg-13 uh or the theatrical version she bites his neck and then they do what i can only compare to the psycho remake when 
Vince Vaughn oh. comes out as like mother and, and there's like these cuts to like weird like cows in the middle of a field and like naked yeah, yeah, yeah. women although no naked women because it's PG-13 no. here and just like yeah. there was like the silhouette behind the shower and there's like a fly mm. on an eyeball and just weird shit right. it's like quick cuts <laughs> someone looking through a people and it, yeah. and, it, and before she wakes up and I'm just like what the fuck was that like they yeah it, it was really weird um so yeah well, that that just made me think of Psycho. And then the other things, uh, just, just to quickly go over what, what was changed. The, uh, the, the Michael Rosenbaum kill, uh, basically yeah. they just, they didn't even show a corpse reveal after he dropped from the ceiling. No. Uh, so they show that in the uncut version and they also show Joni like scooping out his guts, which again, it's not even guts. It's more just like blood. And then at the end of the movie, they, after they behead Jake, there's a scene of his head. On, off to the side, like blink. It's like House of Wax when the fucking guy right, right, um, right. gets his head uh, chopped off. So I think right. those were all the, the the major differences. And I mean, not that they are like gr- overly graphic or anything, or overly memorable either. But they definitely mm. are the most memorable parts of an otherwise pretty forgettable movie. Also, one other thing, they um. The werewolf, when they shoot the werewolf in the head, there's more of, like, mm-hmm. an impact and, like, you see the brain splatter out. And then they show a reveal of the body after, like, they lift up the thing because the cops are like, oh, you should see the size of this beast. And it's shrunken because she's turned back into her normal self. And then they reveal, like, Judy Greer's corpse underneath. But in the theatrical version, which is really weird, they come in and she's just laying there naked, like, from the back. You don't see she's not even covered with oh. a with a sheet. Yeah. She's just naked. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, wait, yeah. what, what the fuck? So Yeah. <laughs> so weird, weird things that they change. And that and that made me think too. It reminded me of the uh uh what's her face from Halloween Resurrection. She did like a whole thing on her YouTube of just talking about like uh when they use body doubles or something, because like she had a, th- a oh, thing uh-huh. in her contract where she, she didn't actually lift up her her shirt or whatever. So it just made me think like, I don't, that's obviously not Judy Greer lying there showing her ass in this like PG 13 movie that they would have got like a, like a stunt double or like a body double to, uh, I don't know to be naked for, for her. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, But I do. The only thing I got from that moment in particular with her in the fetal position on the floor was, uh, I got an echo of, again, spoilers for American Werewolf in London. Let's just say the end of American Werewolf in London. Uh, <laughs> man, I was just kind of like, how many more homages am I going to have to sit through? But, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, to cycle back to what you were talking about in terms of, uh, the, the scene, cause I did not, cause I saw the theatrical cut last night. That was my first exposure. So I did not see the geyser of blood <laughs> when, uh, Christina Ricci, uh, in the dream or not even in the dream, but like before she blacks out or whatever, yeah. um, cut, you know, take, takes his head off or whatever. I think it was all the dream, um, obviously. Cause like, well, I mean, that's the thing is yeah. like at that moment, it felt like, Oh, okay. That, that like seeing the uncut version. Oh, that's obviously a dream. Cause his head is literally <laughs> hanging on by a thread unless they can like, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know what werewolf properties are like or can they can they like re like what's the word like regenerate tissue or something yeah. i have no idea i'm not gonna pretend i understand the rules i'm not gonna pretend this movie cared about the rules but <laughs> the first time i uh i saw the scene and it, it went to that you know uh psycho remake <laughs> kind of like woo, 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 weird stuff and then she wakes up <gasps> and all that um i was actually just shocked because i thought 
we were going to keep droning on with this like kind of like seemingly rudderless love thing. And I love Joshua Jackson and I, and I still wasn't rooting for him to have any screen time in this movie because he was toxic for her. <laughs> and I just felt like she was idealizing him. So then when I thought she killed him, I was like, Oh, wasn't expecting that. Awesome. Like he can't even turn now. So then, but see, then I saw that. And then when later, when he shows up at the party, I was like, wait, so was that a dream or is he a wolf now? And did he regenerate? And, you know, cause I mean, I don't think it was as bad in the, in the theatrical cut. It just looked, but it looked like it could have been lethal, but mm-hmm. if he's a werewolf now, maybe he, you know, we don't know what the rules are. Magic. And, <laughs> Um, he seemed to want to talk to her all of a sudden. I thought like, oh, so he's going to come out to her like about being a wolf. And then they just kind of pussyfooted around that for so long. She just kept like, yeah, 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 well, let's argue about other things. And I'm just like, what? This movie, I think that's the biggest thing about this script uh, overall is just that it, it, it doesn't move in any one particular direction with intention it's just kind of like going eh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. how can we make this uh, how can we fill the runtime what else can we do with that and it does it, it there, there's mm-hmm. there's no story there's absolutely mm-hmm. nothing to that's why she's in denial for for like the first hour of the movie because <laughs> yeah. it is i think it's like on minute 59 when she finally is confronted by Joshua Jackson and finally kind of like accepts, oh shit, I think I'm a werewolf and so are you, you know? Um, so, and that's too long. That's yeah. when we, when, when it's called Cursed and her face is the fucking poster, yeah. she better be a werewolf. I mean, she that, she's that, a werewolf. that was basically, that was them just like scream. We got to make it look like scream. Yeah. Uh, but if it, if it would have been less about Jesse's discovery and Richie's denial yeah. of their powers and more <laughs> about just like brother and sister werewolves who I thought it, cause even as it, as I'm watching it, my mind was wandering. I was like, yeah. what would make this better? And I'm like, well, I, I would have loved it if they would have started to question each other. Like what if mm-hmm. all of a sudden there are these werewolf killings that are real massacres and like really innocent people. Like what if they're actually having fun with it for a while? Cause it's like, well, that person is horrible and they deserve to die. But then it starts yeah. to get out of hand and they start to suspect each other for killing these people. And neither of them are doing it, but it puts a wedge between them. And then they start questioning their ethics and, yeah. and maybe, and then they, they have to come together to fight ultimately like who is like the ultimate werewolf who's yeah. really doing it. The big, I mean, yeah, I mean, like there, there were so moderately many, more so many things. I mean, even if they had just initial, like if the wine scenes had just been more transparent from the get go and just being like, we want you to make scream, but with werewolves yeah. it's rather than just like assuming that people would know what they were wanting then it probably would have been a good movie in that regard too. So I think you're you're absolutely right when you say that there is no intention to anything. But I will say that I don't think this movie isn't fun, and that was because yeah. I because I watched it uh, a few nights ago and I actually fell asleep. I kept falling asleep, mind you. I was very tired because I <laughs> I have this bad habit of like starting movies very late. Um, so I uh-huh. I actually literally had to go and rewind. The scene at the end with Joshua Jackson coming back to the house at the end at least four times. That's I kept falling asleep because I'm like, I don't want to have to watch this again. And then just because of everything that happened, I ended up watching the movie in full again the next night because I wanted to give it a fair shake. And initially, like, because I, I after the first night I watched it, I went on Letterboxd and I just like two stars. But then I reevaluated and I said two and a half because I did think like 
it the the parts that are fun, namely, I think like all the bits like I guess like what would we call it like the fake ending or the the false ending uh, with at, at Tinsel. Everything with Judy Greer mm-hmm. and like Christina Ricci like doing the Indiana Jones under the uh mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the closing gate. Under the gate. I like I love that. And I love like the the like Michael Rosenbaum coming what was his character's name? I think it was like Kyle. Um him I coming out I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> when he came out and they're just like and they're like, is it you? Because that's such a scream thing of just being like show me your hand or, you know, like you're the killer sort of, sort of thing. So, you know, like that was all fun. Um, and I especially love, you know, all the, the bits with the werewolf. We haven't even talked about the werewolf, uh, portrayer, Derek Mears. uh, Oh, right, 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 right. Who, who played the werewolf, like in the werewolf suit, uh, because Mm -hmm. that, I mean, when it wasn't CGI, um, because I mean, like, again, like, (sighs) Like he was great in in what he did. I mean, like I love the the novelty because I mean, like these are the parts where you know of what they took from Scream Three that did work, and I love like when you know they're like, well, give us a description, and she's like, you know, like you said, like she's got a bony ass and fat thighs and bad skin, <laughs> liar, and the whole fucking like werewolf flipping her off was actually Derek Mears' inspiration because he was in the suit one day and he was just walking by Wes Craven and Wes looked over at him and he just flipped him off (laughs) as a joke. And Wes Craven is just like, oh my God, like, brilliant. Use that in the movie. as well. Yeah. And they're just like, are you serious? And he's like, no, 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 it'll be great. And it turned out to, it's probably one of the most memorable things in the movie of the werewolf coming out and flipping (laughs) her off. I was, I mean, I get that. And maybe returning to it, knowing what I'm getting myself into, I'll feel differently as I proceed. I mean, I'm definitely going to be waiting for Judy Greer to show up. But the thing is, all I could focus on this particular screening was instead of like a wolf on wolf fight, which I've kept waiting for, like yeah. kids, wolf out. I We got like Christina Ricci macing Judy Greer for some reason. <laughs> and just the realization that Judy should have been far more featured in this movie. <laughs> Like, I was like, you're this incredible, like, I don't know, like this, this incredible, like float in a very kind of, I don't know, mediocre parade. Like it's a parade. It's fine. (laughs) But you know, but then all of a sudden this float comes and they start like hitting, you know, I don't know the person, Judy Greer's on it. She starts beatboxing and then everyone's like, oh my God, I didn't know she could do that. And then we're all raising the roof and she's like throwing out. I don't know, free Apple watches. And we're like, fuck, Judy Greer's the greatest. You know, like, that's what I felt like when she was on screen. And I was just like, God, she, she deserved a better movie too, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, because um, I mean, other things that could have been thrilling, like I, I mentioned the Maya uh, in the in the elevator sequence. I should, I, I should have been so much more on edge and I wanted to so yeah. badly. I was sitting there going, I am not feeling this. I am incredibly calm. Mm-hmm. I'm even bored <laughs> because I don't care about this character no. and I don't I mean she was I, the she only, the sucked only... from like the first scene because she it's like yeah. she's with her friend and then she just ditched her initially that was also yeah. part of the first cut because when uh, uh, Shannon Elizabeth was like walking along the pier and calling out to her she was actually calling out uh, to a character named Vince who was Skeet Ulrich's oh. character in that scene so that was like already things that they had to reuse and 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 uh yeah use adr over top of it but yeah she just she ditched her there and then she shows up again 
And she's talking to fucking Josh Jackson about how, yeah. oh, Becky really wants to talk to you. But then she's like, I can see why she's so interested in you. You're like, you suck. You're a, like, you're a shitty friend. You're a, you're making yourself a good contender for the cherry picker. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also felt like, I mean, I the only saving grace of that sequence for me was like the hope that it was actually Christina Ricci who was the wolf. Yeah. And I because I don't, I'm not interested enough to try and form an argument for why yeah. it would be her. I believe well, you. Well, she sure. drove off in the car <laughs> at that point. Sure. So. Okay, great. Yeah, sure. and we already saw then the, the POV <laughs> of the werewolf watching her as she drove off from the car, and then and then there Maya you go, came in. there you but go. But yeah, it so, was. So now, I mean, there was. So I mean, she I'm was. Pissed. Maya was wearing like a leopard suit. I mean, there's like you know, there's some like fun and theatrics <laughs> to it. But yeah, I the the thing that I mostly took away from that because at the end when the wolf like does make its way through the the elevator there i was getting resident evil vibes just because of like what i was wanting was like her to put her head out there and then like the elevator to right close down but, but um been too much to ask yeah they just did they did one of these like shot like just smash to black once the the wolf uh jumped in through the the door there so just like yeah so there's not, no satisfaction yeah there's like you're even if there is a, a an opportunity to like have a kill in this movie like you, you're, you're yeah. neutering it um <laughs> mm-hmm. so there was a bit i mean i liked that the wolf was shown to be intelligent uh because they did yeah. do like we see them running up the stairs uh or running down the stairs whichever way they they had to go to so they could access the elevator but uh yeah that i mean it, at the end, like that scene was just another one that just felt like a whimper. Like it could have been way better than it was. Like most of the things in this movie. Also, did okay. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. Christina Ricci and, and Jesse Eisenberg are arguing over whether they're werewolves or not, and everything. They both have fucking pentagrams on their hands, <laughs> and she's like, "But look." This should hurt me if it's silver, right? I'm going to lift it up. And even though it says in like some kind of embossed metal on the back in huge block letters, mm-hmm. stainless steel, <laughs> I I know it's silver and I bought it at Tiffany's. So yeah. I'm not going to look at that and it's not hurting me. And it's, you know, and I, 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 I mean, I that just shows that she's well, a it's stupid not silver. buyer. <laughs> she can't even, I know. <laughs> she, she can't even go to Tiffany's and it's just like, is this silver? And they're just like, I don't know. She's like, I'll take it. Um, but it's funny that you, you mentioned the, the pentagrams because I actually went back because I wanted to see uh, if you could see Judy Greer's hand at any point. If the, like if there were clues to just tell us that she was the werewolf uh, before she was actually re- revealed as the werewolf. And I noticed that every time we do see her, she's like the first time she has the phone in her hand. Uh, and then the other time when she's at the party, she's wearing gloves. Um, so it's just like, if that was an intentional direction, like that they did make sure to, to conceal it for the movie, yeah. but that's just me like hoping that Wes Craven like went into this with like the forethought of just like, yeah, we've got like a, a murder mystery. Cause I know that it was always supposed to be Judy Greer, um, but they had played around with different ideas. Like they said on the, I think it was like Patrick Lucier, Derek Mears, uh, said that at one point it was, uh, Judy Greer and Scott Bayo as the werewolves. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that wasn't like another, like ha- Scott Bayo was so pointless in this movie. Um, like why he was even well, at the party at the end, like as a red herring, I guess. But he, well, no. the last we see of him is when 
shit's hitting, hitting the fan and he grabs Christina Ricci. He's like, we got to get out of here. And it's just like, okay. All right. Yeah. You, you, you have to tell me what you think about this. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. Patrick Lussier said in the interview that I watched on, on this uh, person's YouTube channel um, <clears throat> that uh, originally Scott Bayo was actually going to be a minion of uh, Judy Greer's. And it was going, there was somewhere in it, the whole joke was, her name is Joni. And he worked into fame being Chachi. (laughs) There was going to be a Joni loves Chachi joke. In, (laughs) And that's why why he was there. That is totally like a Kevin Williamson thing where he would create a character (laughs) or multiple characters just for one joke. (laughs) But at what stage of the game is yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, and also his presence, like, I mean, again, I, I, I see Scott Bayo, I'm not happy. And then I see him put his hand on Christina Ricci's leg, I'm less happy. And then I see him literally grabbing her, and I guess he thought he was trying to help, but she wants to stay. There are people who are literally being trampled on the way out who actually need your help, mm-hmm. so I still don't like you. And then, yeah, and then just the, the the absolute pointlessness of his character in retrospect. And, okay, just purely logistically within the framework of the scene when it gets introduced, or it, not, you know, not even in the final scene, in the whole movie, like, mm-hmm. Judy Greer throws this fucking fit about how like Scott Bayo we have Scott Bayo and he's he's third he's going on he should after not be third. Yeah, yeah. He should be first. He is Scott Bayo. And I'm like, listen to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's lucky to be third. He's Scott fucking Bayo. Okay? Easy, Judy Greer. So I, I mean was, maybe that was I, that part was, of once the once actually that yeah. was part of like the reason why, because if she was the minion, there was maybe some other plan that you know they were trying to get yeah, him yeah. to like get on the show or, or or whatever the fuck it was. But I just thought it was more of like it's <laughs> just it's just Scott Bayo like just having fun like poking fun at himself, uh, just realizing like I, yeah you're the washed up celebrity and you're playing yourself in a movie. <laughs> Gross. Um, but, uh, <laughs> also that, that one confrontation though, I do have to say, I, th- that was another glimmer, a little like sliver of like when, uh, Christina Ricci, you know, uh, no pun intended bites back or barks back, you know, just kind of like, what does she, I don't even remember what the line is, but she's like, would you just stay the fucking ground away from me or whatever, you know, she's she, just, I think like, she says like, I'm not in the mood. Career. I am not in the mood. And then yeah, she, goes like, the, like, she goes into the, she goes into the bathroom like, and that, that whole right. bathroom scene, it just like. I know it's Nothing. like, cause that was in the trailer and I know like it's supposed to be a, oh. like, a, it, it, like made it seem like it was a big moment, but it's just like nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing no. happens. Did she like squeeze <laughs> she gets away. her, like her fingertips into the things so hard that they started to bleed? Oh, like I wasn't see. sure what was going on there. Again, with the lore, it's like, because that's another thing that's interesting is like, okay, when you transform into the wolf, there's always some kind of like liberty you can take with what it means. Like, is it just kind of like a time lapse photo where hair just appears like original Wolfman? Or is it like full on like Rick Baker, like, you know, in broad light, like, which I feel like they were trying to do. And you know what? They did not deserve to put Rick Baker's name on this movie. Like, I, I, I wish he could have like followed up legally and like gotten some money to like have them pay for using his name when none of his almost none of his work is in the I don't film think any of it is anyway. in there nothing yeah of it is so um like uh god so stupid but uh <laughs> i'm so angry um but 
Um, or even just like, I mean, I don't, it's not my favorite, but it was, I know it was in um, two movies. It was in uh, the fucking Van Helsing movie, and then it was in another movie where when the wolf transforms, they literally shed their skin. Mm-hmm. They like sh- shred it off to reveal like the fur and everything like that. And I mean, it's a choice. And um, so, I mean, it would have been interesting to know like, oh my God, so you're li- you're literally I remember Rick Baker talking about like hearing bones breaking and how much agony you'd be in like with American Werewolf in London with that transformation. And it just made me think like maybe if they could make it so like, oh, yeah, your bones are breaking, but you're bleeding like they're breaking. Like you're bleeding through your cuticles because your claws have to come through or, you know, something. I mean, all of that could have been fascinating. Yeah, because that's the tragedy Uh, here is that. You know, you have these movies that at this point, uh, like in 2005, with The Howling and American Werewolf in London, which have amazing werewolf transformations. And those movies are 20 years old, uh, you know, yeah. or, or, or older when Curse comes out. And you're like, as a studio, you're thinking like, no, let's make this CGI because that looks better than actually using practical effects. And like, I don't know what it, it's just, it's that was that era of Hollywood, uh, especially like in the, in the early two thousands where everything had to be CGI. And I think it's probably because of Lord of the Rings. Um, Mm. mind you, and I've never seen a Lord of the Rings movie. Um, so I don't know (laughs) if the CGI is good or holds up at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, wouldn't you know. haven't seen them either. I've seen, I've <laughs> so seen just, them, but ye- I've seen them, but years ago, yeah. years ago. Yeah, so it's just like, but so who knows if like if it? I mean, I'm assuming it's like it's old CGI, probably not. But that was a thing where just like everyone was like, no, we got to use CGI because that's going to look awesome. And it's like, <laughs> well, here we are, stupid, nearly 20 years later, and I can tell you, it looks like fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, and it looked like shit then like if you yeah. think like okay Jurassic Park like broke through walls in the early 90s with what they were accomplishing using you know mi- mixing their CGI with their practical effects mm-hmm. and you would have thought there's a lesson there even if you don't have a budget like there's a way to like edit and to frame it and to light it don't put them in like bright bright brimming broad daylight mm-hmm. unless you have the budget for it and the talent you know the skill but um i also wanted to ask you on a complete non sequitur um what was zipper like what <laughs> kind of dog was he i mean no i mean was he a wolf dog where so what dog? happened, what happened? To, to my understanding is that at the at the beginning of the movie after the attack uh, when uh, Nick Offerman as <laughs> the paramedic or, yes, or whoever or the or the, or the cop uh, was just like, Patrolman, yeah, Jimmy, yes. we got we got your statement. <laughs> like, fuck off, kid. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the unsung hero of this movie, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, they should have. He 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 should have come back again. He should have been like one of the cops that came in and at, oh, at the end. But um, I would have loved that. when loved that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Ellie's just like. Go, Jamie. Go check on the zipper and the dog's in the back seat, and it's obviously the dog is a, like reacting to the two of them now because the like the dog recognizes the wolf in them, and then he bites his finger, and then that's how like yeah. the, I guess like because zipper bit Jimmy's finger that he got the curse too. And then Jimmy puts his finger back in his mouth, or not back in his mouth, but he, he's like, oh, 
Zipper! And then he licks his, he puts his own finger yeah. in his mouth. After your, after a dog bit you, if it were you, even if it were your dog, yeah. would you put your finger in Well, I mean, like, these, these two, the brother and sister, they, they put a lot of fingers <laughs> in their mouths in, in this movie. <laughs> So I actually gross. thought that part was funny where she, where he's like, I'm still bleeding. What are you going to do? Just look at it. And she just sucks the blood off of his finger. Oh, on Craig Kilborn's Yeah, finger. just like, yeah, that's that was... a memorable, like, I remember that fucking part of the movie too. Because it was just like, I think I'm Christine... so, like, how do I respond to that? And it, and it did play yeah. into like the idea, which they didn't explore enough. It's just like, how do you react once you've come into contact with the blood, because we only see that bit, because she immediately goes yes. into the the bathroom to have her yeah. "I'm having a bad day" moment, and then later on, because uh, Joni is saying it's just like you can't handle it when you get a little bit of blood, and then she, that's when she like mm-hmm. takes the the blood out of uh, Kyle's guts and smears it all over her her mouth and face. Um, so there's like, clearly there was something to do with blood in this movie that they just did not want to explore any further than yeah. what the, I guess the PG 13, uh, allowance would let them. What was that DreamWorks movie where Ben Stiller's the lion and Chris Rock is the zebra and they all go Madagascar. Yeah. Have you ever I, seen it? No. Yeah. Madagascar did a better job kind of like planting like the progression of like lion beast blood friends prey go after i mean you it, it mapped it out all for you i mean it's and it's uh, granted it's a family friendly film so of course they're going to do everything to lay it out for you but i mean it really says something <laughs> when madagascar's lore and <laughs> everything surrounding the um the instincts of your main characters you know, and like, and like, you know, how they're reacting to it and like how they're reeling from it and how they're wrestling with their insights. When Madagascar does a better job than your werewolf movie, that's really sad. That's a yeah. sad thing. The thing is, like, it's not, it, the, it, we can't really say that this is Wes Craven's werewolf movie or Kevin Williamson's werewolf No, movie. not at all. Because no, by the time they, no. like, by the time everything was all, like, the dust was settled, it belonged to nobody Except for the Weinsteins. Nobody totally. even involved wanted to have anything to do with this. I mean, it's, the f- cast seems to have disowned this movie as well. Like, Judy mm-hmm. Greer, like, literally said this movie's a fucking mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I agree with her. And I think that's hilarious that she's just, like, trashing this movie, too. Um, she came off the best and, in it, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it just, she did. She, she, uh, I guess she she got the best uh, <laughs> the, the best part of that, but um, even then, with her like knowing that in in retrospect and still being like it was a shitty movie, yeah. it's, it just speaks levels to it. Um, did you notice yeah. that uh, the the high school is the I mean like the the Sunnydale. the only high school the nine zero two one zero the fucking Sunnydale yeah. high? <laughs> yes, um, it's like there's no other yeah, high school in in. Los Angeles other than that one right on top of the hell yeah I noticed it I I noticed it uh, right in that scene where um it might be the second or third I can't remember which time that uh Milo Ventimiglia is like uh gay bashing uh Jesse Eisenberg and um for for talking to uh what's her name Brooke yeah and um I think yeah I think it's the second two then she's just kind of like nicely done Jimmy just ignoring <laughs> Jimmy all that bullshit my like, favorite though was how when he like because she had just 
met him for the first time the night before. Right, right. Uh, and he goes right. up to her because she's trying to get the fucking the the soda out of the machine or whatever it is, and it's not taking her yeah. bill. And he walks up and he's like, "Oh, are you having trouble?" And she just like kind of looks up and she's like. Oh, hey, Jimmy. Um, yeah. And it's just like this casual thing. Like they've known each other for so, like, know, oh, hey, I like know. you didn't even remember his name last night. It was just like, yeah, I like the, the correct response would have been like, oh, hey, yeah, it's you sort of thing. <laughs> but that's what makes me think maybe there was like more scenes with her in between. Um, that happened. Here. Maybe this was like a two and a half hour long movie. And there was just so much that I don't know that just fell to the wayside. I just want to read the scripts. I think yeah. that's what I want. I want to. I'd love to get my hold of, a hold of it. I want you place. to read the script and then just give me the notes. <laughs> I don't even want to read. <laughs> and get this, and yeah. just yeah, and just like I'm telling a very very long winded story yeah. three times. <laughs> but um, also, um, I did. I actually kind of appreciated that uh, JJ Joshua Jackson. Uh, was a wolf because the first time I kind of started suspecting he was a wolf, I think, was when Jesse Eisenberg confronts him about it in the uh, what the fuck is the name of that place again? Tinsel. The museum? Tinsel. Thank yeah. you. I didn't. I I knew I probably missed it when it came on, and then I rewound it to hear a line again, and then I was just like, oh, I missed it again. Zackle no, but uh, <laughs> Tinsel. When uh, when he's in there, and I, for the first time, I started suspecting like, oh my gosh, he he might be the wolf, like yeah. from the beginning of the movie or something. And I was okay with it because um, uh, I, I don't know. It, Joshua Jackson is actually at his best in this movie when he's kind of not doing anything and just standing there. <laughs> when we get a little later into well, the movie. Well, when you got all like the, like, like the the women off to the side and they're just like, call me Jake. <laughs> Which is like the cause for oh, Christina you know Ricci uh, having an argument with him and taking off. Right. But I didn't even put it together. That's actually something I didn't connect the dots on is that the reason they're all doing that is because of his allure. The fact that like the only reason. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, like Joshua Jackson is cute, but he's not like the kind that's going to be that that like everyone is going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I got to get a piece of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I haven't seen him in person. That's always the final test. Like Mm -hmm. how do how how does your chemistry in the air like intermingle with my chemistry yeah. and that's always the big tell I, always, I think I have a big crush on a lot of stars until I see them in person and I'm like oh oops but um <laughs> or I'd never seen a guy that way in my life before and then I'm like walking behind him and I'm like ooh who's this hello oh god it's Charlie Sheen what is wrong with me that really happened um oh, <laughs> but anyway <wow. laughs> that, yeah that, that's a whole other story anyway but um I just, um, I think towards, as we get to the end, uh, I, th- I think that the most underwritten, poorly written characters for me, because at least the other ones who are like stereotypes or just kind of cardboard cutouts, at least you know what they're supposed to be. But with JJ and Ricci, I feel like the two of them, maybe because also they're the ones who are sharing all this love dialogue and all this meaningless banter and whatever. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it makes me... When they finally come to their fight, it's the least interesting thing in the world to me, just because all she can think of is to jump on his back. I mean, she tries to reach for the pie, the the, the pie cutter, you know, yeah, I know pastry yeah. knife thing or whatever. Yeah, the silver. Um, and there's that. But and then he's like just kind of like throwing threats at Jesse Eisenberg, who I did think it was adorable the way he just kind of, you know, scuttled around on the ceiling <laughs> like mm-hmm. a little puppy. I thought that was funny. Um 
But yeah, I I I also didn't understand that Midnight suddenly figured into the finale, the finale finale, the real one. Yeah. Like just kind of like, "Oh no, it's midnight." And it's like, "What what what the fuck does that mean? What is mid, mid when did midnight when was midnight ever a component yeah. of werewolf lore ever? It was always the full moon, you know, or a lunar Nothing about that ending made sense. You. I mean, like, what if <laughs> the like uh Bo and Brooke uh, showed up like yeah. a minute earlier and then like they just like hey you know I, I I brought Brooke over so she could ask you out or whatever and they're just like oh Why? you're busy we'll come back <laughs> you know? or Brooke gets mauled that would and have been not great. only that no but they bring because they have the dog they have Zipper so it's just like yeah when did they find Zipper because Zipper wouldn't have like I don't been uncursed until like the moment that no. they beheaded him so it's like you're not even thinking logically with your script, which no, again, no. I don't, who knows what the rewrites were. I don't want to, <laughs> none of this has anything to do with Kevin or Wes or Patrick mm. or, or Christina or even Jesse. Or I'll Rick. throw his name in there. Not or, that I yeah. even care about him, but I'll throw him in there anyway, just to. Wow. Just to <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Wow. I did not know this about you. That is. Funny. Oh, I don't know. I don't really think okay. I, I don't have a hate on for it. He did like this interview. Like he's there's like this thing of just like the worst interviews given by celebrities. And he was, oh, he was yes, very rude one. to this, this one interviewer. Yeah. And it just like, but I've seen that personality of him, like just seeing him in other interviews or, you know, even in his performances where it just comes out and it's just like, uh, you just seem like such a shit stain. So that's, <laughs> that's my take. And then just this movie and then like him in this movie, it's just like, oh, great. Here, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is in this. So yeah, that's that, basically, that's all there is. There's nothing, there's nothing else to it. I don't even know. What else has he done besides the, the social network and those, uh, well, there's the, the magician there's... ones, whatever they were. There's the bane of everybody's existence except mine, and actually, I don't. I don't think he's great in this role, but I appreciate the work he did. Like he, I cast somebody else, but uh, you know, whatever. Batman v Superman, he was Lex Luthor, oh, right? And every everybody wasn't hates Michael Rosenbaum Ex- also Lex Luthor. And yeah, Smallville. <laughs> there's TV. so many like weird. I didn't even think about there's, that. Like, no, 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 because there's the Arrested Development crew. There's the yeah. Lex Luthers, and then also, um, and this <laughs> only I know this, but I'm sure other people do as well. Maya and Shannon Elizabeth, at around the same time, it might have come out before this movie, were in a James Bond video game. Like they actually oh, got like Willem Dafoe and all these like actors to cut. Like I think like Heidi Klum was in it as well. But like Shannon Elizabeth and Maya were in like a, a James Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan playing it. Like it was like their likeness and their voice. And I remember them. They're like, oh, they were like both in this game and the, in this movie. So there's so many like weird That's... like connections of people who have like worked together <laughs> and then were working together in this movie. Six degrees of seven of Kevin Bacon, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Six degrees of Scott really, Bayo, we'll call it, because it's not even is, like uh, a prestigious, no, no, because no. <laughs> no, it's not even like a prestigious sort of connection. It's just like weird shit. I don't like to build games that I play around Trump supporters. Sorry. Oh, is he a Trump supporter? <laughs> you didn't know. He I don't know anything about Scott Bayo, but you know. we won't get into it. No, we don't do politics RNC. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I have, I have, and beyond that, he's said a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. So, and 
He made that fucking movie Zapped, which he to this day defends, which is all about a guy who gets telekinesis. It was like a, com- a comedic take what, on Carrie. What year? But in like 1978 or nine. Oh, or I don't something. fucking know this shit. You're you're bringing yeah, up no, something. Yeah, no, it's we're, we're lucky if people movie. even know what this movie that we're talking about. You're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least this one has a Scream Factory release, so yeah, you're right. People okay. get this one, but yeah. somebody somewhere remembers Zapped and knows it is a fucked up movie. <laughs> Fucked up attitude toward women. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, Teenage yeah. girls. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> like it. Anyway, um, I, w- I was going to ask you something and I can't remember because I'm too angry now. But um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, did you notice? Okay. You were mentioning like reunions and weird like kind of like, uh, I don't know. Is it inertia? I don't know. what, Whatever sure. it is. Like things that are like drawing people. Like there, the, we missed out on like you know the scream reunion, the full scream reunion with like Skeet Ulrich not being in in the final cut and everything. But uh, we missed out on somebody else. I can't. Remember, I don't think you mentioned her, uh, Heather Langenkamp. Did you mention her? No, I forgot about her. Yeah. What is? What? Yeah. That was. That's I don't know. Something she that I'd be interested. Knowing that this movie, it probably would have been like a five second cameo. Maybe, yeah. but she could have kicked out. I would have, she could have, she can turn a corner and I was yeah. like, oh, my goddess. But I want to know who she was supposed to play if that role's still in the movie. And yeah. Like, what was, what, what, yeah, what, what did it transform into or what did it, did it just, you know, like mist in the air just disappear? Like a, like a, what is Heather like a head John werewolf. Like <laughs> post New Nightmare. Cause I don't really know much of her career after that. I, I know that she's done, uh, cause I remember looking it up, uh, somewhat recently, even within the last year. She's mm-hmm. done a bunch of, uh, uh, kind of like lower rate, lower, not quite on the radar, like, you know, horror films, like, um, because, you know, horror directors want to cast her. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a paycheck. But, um, also, I mean, I know she did the I Am Nancy, uh, documentary, um, <clears throat> based off of, you know, being Nancy Thompson and everything. Yeah. And uh, I and she also was in production behind um uh, cuz it's called 1428 uh, and she's credited as a producer for Never Sleep Again, the big like what is it like 8 hour or however many hours it is yeah. long documentary about the entire Nightmare franchise uh minus the reboot unless you watch the Blu-ray and the deleted scene uh, that they did on it mm-hmm. where everybody's just going not about it. But uh, <laughs> she also, uh, her because her husband is in special effects, and I know the two of them collaborated on The Merman and a number of other things, creatures yeah. in uh, Cabin in the Woods. I just so. want to say that it's it's upsetting that she didn't appear in this, because I mean, like, this could have been like Wes Craven's last hurrah, not like last hurrah, but just like, kind of like, a greatest hits of everything that's come mm, to mm. that point of just like all the people that he's worked with. And that's got me thinking yeah. like maybe like when they, when scream six uh, goes into production that like get Heather in there. So like, even if it's just like a small little cameo somewhere, just like get, cause I mean, they did the four West thing and in, in scream five, it's just like, if you really want to do four West, like go outside of scream and go to like, like get the people who are in, nightmare and and people under the stairs and hills have eyes like just just go to like every corner of his career because there's like scream is still so like very late in his career Mm -hmm. uh just just in terms of of where he started and where he went to so it's it, it would be nice to just see like an eventual reunion of, of all these people coming together. Mm. You know, even like, I, I don't know what Patrick Lucy is doing these days. I, I know that he made his uh, transition into directing 
uh, mm-hmm. in the late 2000s with, with My Bloody Valentine. But, uh, right. yeah, I don't know. We'll do that pod. <laughs> I don't have, I don't really have anything else to say about, did you, did you know the question you wanted to ask or is that the one regarding uh, uh, Heather? I think, I think that's it. I yeah. think that's pretty much what I got. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, we've, we've beaten this, uh, this dead. We certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the cherry picker. All right. So last week, uh, we watched The Evil Dead, 1981. Yeah. And uh, in terms of who deserves to die the most in The Evil Dead, <laughs> I said Shelly. You said mm-hmm. Scotty uh, across yes. Patreon, Instagram, and YouTube. The votes are 220 to 171 for Shelly. Wow. For Shelly. And. Another interesting thing is that the Instagram votes were in favor yeah. of Scotty and the YouTube votes were in favor of Shelly. So, they never match up. No, they? there's like like different different there's people on different uh, platforms. Platforms. It's, there's totally like a different uh, mentality for sure, which which yeah. is interesting. Sometimes they match up, sometimes they don't, but it's it's uh, you know, it 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 is something to like we'll have to like do tests and measure them at some point and just see i just want to know what did shelly do i think well i mean well let's find out for me personally yeah. i think that she was just like she was just there you know she was uh, she was the hysterical one like was like for god's yeah. sakes look at her eye what's what happened to her eyes and then the and then just the fact that she's doing the whole bullshit thing with the cards um yeah I mean that's I not a killable. Anyway, it's not a killable offense, but it's. Uh, yeah, I wondered actually because the it dropped on um, Friday the thirteenth, and I wondered if people were so saturated and inundated with Friday the thirteenth uh, uh, content that they saw Shelley and immediately thought it was Shelley from Friday no, Part Three. No, I don't think, like <laughs> again. You are like underestimating people's uh, horror. I, I said I cue. wonder. I said I wonder. <laughs> it was anyway. Go on. Okay. Read, read the comments. Uh, Sam Levy says Scotty. He was the first one to enter the cabin, even though the porch swing was moving on its own until he opened the front door. He discovered the Book of the Dead. He insisted on playing the tape recording that summoned the demons, ignoring Cheryl's pleas to stop. It's all his fault. Uh, (laughs) Draven says, gotta say Scotty. Never really cared about anyone's well-being. First, he irresponsibly points a shotgun at Ash's head while in the cellar. (laughs) Then doesn't care what happens to the girls when Ash wants to leave with them. But the minute he's attacked, runs back to Ash wanting help. Uh, (laughs) I didn't think about that. uh, Wow. Vixenella Pops says, Scotty for sure. He was the one that insisted on continuing the tape when Cheryl shut it off. Then he tried to abandon his friend's and save himself. When shit got crazy, he ain't no ride or die. These are all <laughs> valid points. I, I, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not denying. But I didn't make. I didn't make any of them either. So good for the the no, people listening. No, you had your own little take, which we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steve said, "I'll pick Shelley because her deadite 
form was so annoying with her loud screeching <laughs> and screaming. I usually have to turn the volume down during that scene until Scotty brings his axe down on her to shut her up. Oh my God. That's Thomas hilarious. Baker, Thomas Baker says Shelly because of the guessing card game. See, that was, that's a douchey <laughs> thing to do, you know? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It's, it's, Go on. it's playing with, with the mind of, of someone who obviously isn't that bright and, and making them think Don't that pretend they're... you're that bothered by it. <laughs> I can see you getting on board with that if it were the right person who wasn't that well, bright. Well, I mean, I never said that I was exempt from being, you know, deserving to Killed? die in a horror movie. <laughs> uh Somebody, uh, well, they asked normal versions, Shelly and Scotty, or deadite versions, Shelly and Scotty. And then Cool Nerd 3 pretty much asked the same thing, of which versions Mm. they both got possessed. And that actually, that is a great segue into our next bit here, because initially you wanted to vote for, or you wanted to nominate, uh, remind me of the fucking name, because I don't... The the voice on the t- uh, you want me to remember things? Jesus, why I write shit down? Okay, don't. Bob Dorian as uh, he was credited as person on recorder, but in <clears throat> uh, the canon he is Professor Raymond Noby. Okay, so we had a huge live debate about this on the last yeah. uh, the last cherry picker. It it got ugly, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's the thing. I didn't really get a chance to defend my point because i was caught off guard with it because it was just brought to it's just like you can't do that so i wasn't really prepared with an argument but i think that andre felix actually our our editor um pointed out to me that there's how are you going to make a photo of him for the cherry picker on instagram I would have thought just do the little tape recorder. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you thought, but yeah, we we we're not. If it's a if it's a disembodied voice, it does not count. But here's the thing: we've I've got a list of rules. We're yes. gonna we're gonna go over them right now. I'm gonna post them on the respective uh, <laughs> platforms so they're there for for right. everyone to see um, but th- this is this is where we're going over them so the rules for cherry picking uh, number one each nomination must not exceed a maximum of one individual so basically no groups no plurals you're, yeah, yeah you're it's you, so the, you know you can't say in trick or treat the the group of bullies <laughs> it's got to be mm. one specific uh bully um number 2 the nominee must either be human or anthropomorphic in appearance so you know you can even if you're not human you know if you're if you're a crocodile that you know, has human-like features, <laughs> like I don't know, like Killer Croc or something. <laughs> like what's or a, the or, guy? Or, or a voice, or walks on hind legs, or something. Well, like voices don't. Attributes. No, here's the thing: like voices don't matter. It's as, as long as you're 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 a humanoid-ish. So okay. So that we got that. Number three, if the nominee okay. is a supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial uh, extraterrestrial being, 
I can't talk. They may only count as a valid nomination if they are shown to inhabit their original form. So does that make sense? Basically, you can't Break it be down. a pos- you can't possess so, so like Pazuzu in The Exorcist uh-huh. would not count unless we saw Pazuzu inhabit their their natural form at some point. So like for so in terms of what uh, the questions were for the the Evil Dead of whether it is normal versions or deadite versions, the deadite versions would not count because that is an entity that's possessing a human host or a human okay. body. So so right. there, so no possessions unless we see the original possessor in in their actual form. Okay. Okay. Uh, and number four, if the nominee is a supernatural, scientific, or extraterrestrial being, they may only count as a valid nomination if they are distinguishable as their own unique and autonomous entity separate from a hive mind. So, <laughs> again, with the evil dead of the, of the the evil dead. <laughs> An exemption to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. Because <laughs> I know this hasn't come up yet, but like, for instance, Army of Darkness, because there's evil Ash, he would, he would, he counts. He he can be considered a, a, an eligible nomination because he is his own, like, unique autonomous. Uh, 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 what did I put here? Uh, entity. He's not part of a hive mind of like the evil dead of like all the, the, the whatever. And he's also going back to the one before he's his own person. Cause it's not, it's not Ash's body. It's a, it's the evil Ash. So mm. does, does that make sense? So in terms of, uh, if so I have ter- any questions along the way, I will ask. Yeah. You. <laughs> well, I just we're, 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 the the reason we're doing this now is that is that you know we we want to make sure that it's all out there and that it's fair. Right. We want to make sure right. that it's fair that we're we're not cutting things off. And I think before we said no no supernatural, but I mean like that is limiting. So you know we and it's and it you know it's fun if you include supernatural as well. So we want to have supernatural, but we just want to make sure that if it is supernatural, that it's it's a we can distinguish them as a character. And a lot of the times, like with, with supernatural, like say for, for instance, like the fog, you know, where you just have all these ghosts and shit. Like there's, there, there's nothing in that. That's really like any one unique person. So number, number five, the nominee must be physically seen on screen and exist within the real time of their applicable media. So that's where whatever the fuck his name is, uh, the tape recording would not come in because not only is he not seen on screen, but he doesn't exist within the real time of the movie. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it was a tape recording that had already been recorded before the, the actual movie had started. Um, right. I'm pretty sure that that character does appear in Evil Dead 2. It's been a while since I've seen it. I think he's in a flashback. And that's where number six comes in. So for number six, <laughs> if the nominee only appears in a dream or flashback, 
it must be originating to the applicable media. So that means that dream and flashback appearances totally count. You can nominate someone who appears in a dream or a flashback. Here's an example that I thought of. Halloween 2, Lori's fucking stepmother, not stepmother, but her like adoptive mother who who says to her while she's hanging up the laundry. <laughs> I'm not like, your mother. Yeah, because I mean, obviously that occurs years earlier, but it's still mm-hmm. appearing in the real time of, of the movie Halloween 2. So that does count. And it's not a flashback to a previous movie. So like if you were to say, if we were doing Halloween 5 and you said, well, I'm picking, um, fuck, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, I get, we don't really see the, the, the rednecks or like the hillbillies in that movie. Do we? But if we just, did, but if yeah. we did, <laughs> if it was just a flashback to a movie from before, that wouldn't count. It has to be a flashback to an originating, uh, to, to, to whatever the movie is that's originating movie or show, which we are podcasting about. Gotcha. Questions, <laughs> concerns. <laughs> not at this time. I think. Oh, God. No, not, not I don't at think any, any time. of the. No, I don't think any of the. No, because I may have a question. Okay. Like, it doesn't mean I'm going to question the rules, like the validity of the rules, but I may mm-hmm. have a question of, like, does this fall under this category? <laughs> no, I may have to have a backup yeah. in case. So, you know, just. just I mean, I put, the, know, I put the rules together to be as, like, in, in like, as best legal terms as I could think. I don't, I don't know. So, I mean, maybe it, it is and, confusing, but, um, and I, all I, no, but all I wanted to know was the rules in advance and you've laid them out yeah. and I appreciate that. So, um, I don't think any of the categories uh, that you've covered apply to this particular flick. So I think I'm ready when you are. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for who deserves to die the most in curse. And I don't think this should come as a surprise because I already was very uh, <laughs> expressive about this earlier. But I'm going to say Jimmy Myers because mm. he's just a, a, a weaselly little uh, douchebag. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't like uh, the person who plays him. That obviously should not apply to... <laughs> the factors, but I'm just going to throw it in there anyway. I don't like the fact that he deflects the homophobia back onto Bo uh, mm. in order to, I, I guess, like humiliate him or, you know, yeah. kind of like force him to come to terms with his sexuality uh, and and embarrass him in front of the schoolmates and, and that. Like you can embarrass someone if you want to show them up because you kick their ass and in wrestling, that's cool, but don't fucking make it like a personal thing. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like the fact that I didn't like his girlfriend. I like I not that she is applies to this, but I didn't like his relationship with her. I didn't like that he ditched his sister to go hang out with them when there was clearly a mm-hmm. fucking mess in the kitchen and the rest of the house too, really, that needed to be cleaned up. And it just like, yeah, I'll let you do that. It's not like Ellie's like has a full-time fucking job working for Craig Kilborn. And, you know, she's probably got to, like, <laughs> show up the next day because there's going to be a lot of publicity in this, like, aftermath mm-hmm. of this mass murder in which Joni, the publicist, was <laughs> <laughs> the culprit. Even the aftermath of her sucking Craig Kilborn's finger like that, that in and of itself is going to bring up issues at work. She's go got on. a lot. She's got a lot to deal with. <laughs> Going into work she the does. next day, even if it's not until like the weekend, she just 
murdered her boyfriend. Like she needs to sleep. The last thing she needs to be doing right now is like sweeping, <laughs> sweeping up his like ashes and severed head. You know? <laughs> While you go gallivant about with, with your, your frivolous girlfriend and her ex gay boy, gay ex boyfriend, whatever he is, who's now like the third year. <laughs> Um, he, it really had me hoping. I really was like, you know, that there's a universe in this world where uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character is gay also, and this could have been a love story. Granted, I don't know how I feel about even the way it is, just kind of like bullying is what kind of led them to this. Mm-hmm. It's very two thousand. It feels like very early 2000s oh, to me, yeah. that, that kind of it like, is, yeah. yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, I don't think you could make that movie now or tell that story now without a lot of problems. Yeah. And I think that's good. Anyway, I'm sorry. So um, I think that, I mean, <laughs> your oh, what case? else does he do? I don't know. He's, yeah. <laughs> oh, and he, just, just his, just this, this Tom Cruise aura. That he has about him uh, on day two of the of the curse. <laughs> Actually, it takes a little longer. She like Christina Ricci's sexier much earlier than he is. It takes a while for him to. Manifest. Well, because she's already sexy. Understand. She, yeah, I mean, that's she's sexy why. in like a Miranda Hobbs kind of way at the beginning, but then she full on transforms until like, she lets her hair down and she's full Christina Ricci. <laughs> yeah. full Ricci. Yeah, where it's like he. <laughs> You know, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to, like, straighten my hair and, and do the weird little, like, fucking, like, tip thing that he, he did. And then go to school and just – and he jumps down onto the bleachers and he's like, oh, hey, Brooke, I didn't see you there. Like, fuck you. <laughs> the whole reason you did that is because she was right there. He sucks. You anyway. Should... Okay, cool. Case in point. And sorry, this is off topic. Christina Ricci, you just made me realize I saw her in person once too. She was in a Gelson's in Hollywood and I saw her and all I could think was, oh my God, she's gorgeous, you know? Oh, so she and, was, I mean, it's not like she she was, was like the, the, the opposite effect where you never really thought about her and then you're just like, damn. Well, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am a Kinsey 5.9 with a line over it, which means infinite. So, <laughs> okay. you know, I... Didn't really see her that way. It was more just kind of like, oh, my God, you're fabulous. You know, like, I mean, but. It counts. She, she, yeah. she stopped me. She stopped me in my tracks. I was like, and she was just, you know, she was just shopping like anybody else. Just like, where I don't even remember what she was wearing. It wasn't, it, you know, it was like just slacks and a sweater, I think. And I was just yeah. like, oh, my gosh, look at you. You're so gorgeous. I love you. And then I just went back to my day. Anyway, thanks for making me remember that. I forgot yeah, about you're that. you're welcome. Um, okay. My choice is Brooke. And that's probably really, really, you know, predictable based off of like how emphatically I and I thought I was going to have to fight you for her, too. I even had a backup. She's Brooke is not even important enough of a character for me to consider. But go on. I'm making my case. Go on. Hey, I didn't. Oh, my God. Yes, you did interrupt me with a story about Christina Ricci. Yeah, I interrupted. I interrupted you, but I didn't tear down your choice. I'm not tearing down your choice. I'm just I'm letting you talk. (laughs) You said she wasn't important enough. Anyway, Brooke. I'm probably not even going to win this because there are probably enough Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg haters. <laughs> He's going to get all the votes and that's fine. But I have to vote my conscience in my heart. And Brooke was the character who every time she was on screen, I was just like, I have a huge problem with this. Um, I, 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 I just wanted to scream at her. And I think I did out loud, do better when she's, when she has that first scene 
with Jesse Eisenberg and when uh, uh, Milo Ventimiglia calls him the derogatory it and everything. And she just kind of wanders away like and doesn't do anything. I'm like, you're going to go with those guys after everything you just that literally happened in front of your face. Everything they just said to this kid who has been nothing but sweet to you, even though you don't remember anything that preceded this. And we haven't had an exposure to it. Everything about the nature of what he is offering feels just pure and sweet and innocent and you're just gonna let your boyfriend and his cronies shit all over that i have no respect for a person like that and often this is the thing i know some people might be hearing this and thinking like yeah but bo like he's the bully he's the one doing the bullying thing i will always i think (laughs) (laughs) if my track record is anything to 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 go by i think i will always uh feel more vehemently and more aggressively toward the people who do nothing in the face mm-hmm. of the aggression the aggressors it's, it's almost i don't know it's, it's, it's like, almost like know. she's enabling yeah. that behavior yeah it's, she's totally yeah. enabling it but also th- this is the thing about the aggressors is they've got a story obviously we found out Bo's story and where it was yeah. coming from they laid it all out for us and i don't mean i don't think Necessarily, that's always the case, but it can often be the case. And this movie went there with that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. That's why I didn't have. I mean, because also like just fuck off. Just he's a he's a just fuck off. But she is like, you see the good in someone, yet you're not willing to stand up to the guy you're dating to make it stop. So I have no respect for that. Let me see. Was there anything else that I had? feel like I wrote. Well, I'll just say that she's she's a non-character. Like she's built up in the screenplay as being this hot commodity and really she's she's lame like she's a boring lame person oh that's just the case i'm making for you (laughs) thank you also there was supposed to be something to thanks there was something supposed to be something to the fact that uh she was supposed to represent kind of like this reward for uh little jesse eisenberg um and I, ju- I, I wrote in all block letters because I screamed it out loud. Not Brooke! <laughs> Fuck her! Like, because it's like, why would you even want her at this stage? I don't understand why he would still want her when everything about what made her actually show up is about the, the convenience. The fact that her boyfriend came out yeah. and decided to stop being a shit. And you know what? I don't really... Th- I, I have a... Uh, I'm a little headcanon here. I don't think she stopped dating him because he came out. I think she stopped being interested because he stopped being such a shit. And she's attracted to this alpha fuckery energy. So after Jesse Eisenberg did that you know, display at the wrestling whatever she's just like oh my panties you know i think what a like more fitting ending would have been is if like maybe if there was more played out and like we saw that he was trying to get uh noticed by her more in the film but if like you know when she finally does and he's kind of like no actually my sister's more important to me and then decides to like you know we're gonna we're gonna work on our sibling relationship you know we're we're orphans we're we're, we're in this alone. <laughs> that, was, that was another thing I didn't buy. Yeah. I was just going to, and I'm glad that that was tacked on. Like originally it was supposed to be three strangers have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Oh, we lost a cast member. <laughs> well, okay. They're brother and sister and their parents are dead. Great. And I'm just like, I feel like I wondered for a while, is Kevin Williamson trying to do like, like a double down on like a Sydney thing? Like what if Sydney had a sibling and lost both her parents? So does that mean that Jake actually doing, is but... the one that's responsible for killing the fucking 
Parents. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was I, oh, that'd be, see, that would that would have been. Joe, and then Judy Greer but... comes out and she's like, "And I killed your parents." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Oh my god, that would have been epic. That would have been amazing. And then Christina Ricci could have wolfed out, and then they both could have like, "Fuck you, fuck you," and then charged each other. Yes. See, that's the movie I want. That's one of the movies I wanted, and they didn't make any of them. But anyway, so that there you go, guys. Brooks sucks, and you can agree with me. You can agree with Zach. I don't. Jimmy care. sucks. <laughs> I don't vote agree. your heart, vote your conscience, it, yeah. and you can vote. Yeah, go for it uh, on YouTube in the community section of the Cherry Picker. Woo! You can vote on Instagram at the Cherry Picker Pod. And you can vote on Patreon if uh, you'd like to support us there. You will get uh, access to all of our episodes much earlier. Uh, We've also got some bonus stuff coming up next month uh, in terms of uh, the podcast, uh, which will only be uh, accessible there. So Patreon exclusive. And uh, having said that, I do want to welcome some new Patreon supporters. So we've got uh, uh, Ali Hamoush. Matthew M. and Shane Allingham. So welcome aboard. Yay, everybody! uh, Thank you to all you guys. And and also, I I think we already thanked him, but we'll we'll thank him again, Andre Felix, for all of the uh, editing and and hard work he does. Uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, just a reminder that uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to it uh, on uh, all podcast platforms. Uh, the RSS feed is in the descriptions down below. And if you are listening to us, you can watch us on YouTube as well uh, at uh, oh, The Cherry Picker. Uh, and uh, also, if uh, if you are brand new to either of us and you want to follow us on social media or you know, other YouTube channels, Eddie, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Edward is Truth. And I'm also doing uh, movie reactions on a new YouTube channel, Edward is Truth. So if you want to watch me be loud and dramatic during a movie, go for it. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually, it's, that's linked in, uh, on the, on the YouTube, uh, pages. So if you go, uh, search under the channel uh-huh. tab, you can go directly to, uh, Edward's YouTube. And then also, uh, yeah. you can find my regular YouTube channel, uh, Zach Cherry. Uh, just type in Zach Cherry. You can, you can find it, but it's also linked here. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Retro Bitchface. And I am, uh, on Twitter at Zach Cherry8. <laughs> and of course, if I haven't mentioned it already, uh, we also have the Cherry Picker Pod at the Cherry Picker Pod on Instagram, uh, which is, which yeah. is the, the official Instagram for the podcast where we, uh, uh, have uh, quizzes and fun shit every week, yes. which which, which is fun. awesome. Multiple yeah. choice, so you will know <laughs> the right answer even if you don't get it right. True. I love those tests. True. <laughs> so uh, anyway, what uh, have we got going on next week, Eduardo? I wrote it down. Yes, I, <laughs> because my memory's <laughs> terrible. I wrote down. <laughs> They're here, Poltergeist. 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 1982. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, We're not messing with none of that remake shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we'll be right back.